Hey, hey, friends. I am super excited to welcome you back to another episode of the Intentional Abundant Life podcast. Today, I am sitting with Sue Coral. She is an international women's conference speaker, author, mentor, Bible teacher, missionary. She is a host of His Heartbeat podcast and the founder and director of Crown of Beauty International. And this is a uh, a ministry that she started from her passion to serve women and help set them free from the lies that are past or life experiences or things that people have spoken over us, et cetera, can stand in the way of the truth of who we are in Christ and really leaning into that love of God. And so this is going right in line with everything that we've been talking about here on the podcast these last few weeks with talking about these faithful foundations and really uncomplicating your faith. She has a powerful testimony that she's going to share in the beginning, but stick around because she has practical tips and tools and strategies that she's going to share with you guys. So grab a pen, grab a notebook, make sure you're able to take notes in some fashion because she gives you some gold in this podcast episode that's just going to help you go deeper in some of the stuff we've been talking about here on the Intentional Abundant Life podcast these last few weeks. So we'll do this jingle and take it away. Welcome to the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, Jesus freak, mom blessed by adoption, wife, wonderluster, and your intentional living and biblical mindset coach. If you're here, you're likely a busy woman wearing multiple hats, the most important of which being child of God and mom simultaneously. You have a desire to live more intentionally, striving to be a good steward of all the gifts that God has given you, and you want more productively peaceful days. Well, you're in the right place, sister, because that is exactly what we do here. First, building on a foundation of faith with purposeful priorities while mastering our mindset and implementing simple self-care. So mama, grab your coffee or strap your kiddos in the car seat and let's jump into today's episode. Hello, sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, and today I am here with another special guest. It is Thursday, after all, Sue Coral, and she is an international women's conference speaker, author, mentor, Bible teacher, um, CRU, or is it crew? Um, crew, missionary. yeah, crew. Crew missionary, founder and director of Crown of Beauty International, and his Heartbeat podcast host and teacher. Her greatest joy is being a wife and mother of two adult children. She has a passion to see women set free to live in the powerful truths of who they are in Christ and the love of God. She served as a missionary for 25 years in Asia. And currently she travels to minister to women throughout Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and the United States. She has a master's of education and a master's of Christian counseling. She's the author of several books, including Crown of Beauty, 12-week Bible study for such a time as this, and Broken But Undefeated. Wow, what an intro, Sue. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Is there anything you would like to add to that powerful intro? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, we're asked to say what we've done or whatever, but really what it's about is we love Jesus, right? And, you know, whenever somebody says, oh, how did you do this or that? Or how have you seen uh, multiplying disciples, you know, women go out and and serve God? And it's like, well, you just love people (laughs) in the power of Jesus and in his love, you know, and you live it out. You spend time with the Lord and as he works in your life, you share it with others. So it's a lot more simple than that bio was. <laughs> <laughs> right. I believe it hundred percent. I actually just read a quote this morning that I feel like is really relevant to this. And it's a, um, Albert Einstein quote, and it says, strive not to be a success, but rather to be a value. And I feel like I just heard that. And what you were saying about like, really like we love Jesus because he first loved us. And now we just want to live a life that's evident of that and, and share that with others, share that. And like, Hey, look at the value that you have over here in Christ. Look at the value that comes just from being in relationship with him. And so I love that. I know you are just this amazing speaker going all over the place, sharing this message, impacting the lives of women. And one of the things that you had mentioned, you really love speaking about is about becoming or being a healthy mom. And, um, when I read that, I was just thinking about, you know, I know you come from a traumatic background, much like myself went through a lot of different stuff. Um, it sounds like you've, you've used that even to go on and, and become a Christian counselor and so much more and share your testimony with others to let them know that there is freedom. And I just see this kind of, um, I don't want to say correlation, but I guess impact that our trauma can have on motherhood and, and how that can show up. So I'm going to let you take away the floor, speak from your expertise and your experience, maybe share a little bit of your testimony, um, and how we can move forward to be healthy moms, like in spite of all of this. (laughs) Amen. That's hopeful, isn't it? Yeah. I would to put my past trauma into a short version. Uh, I was born with an extremely severe cleft palate with no nose, no upper lip, no upper palate, all kinds of breathing problems, heart problems. They didn't know how to close the hole. They couldn't get food into me. So they sent me home to die. And my mom being a pediatric nurse, she's like, no, (laughs) I'll take her home (laughs) not to die. And just began to pray and, and God, you know, let her know that this is my, she's my special gift to you. She's not going to die. And he just led her in how to creatively find ways to feed me, build me up my strength enough to take me back to the hospital. And they began surgeries and I had 26 surgeries during the first 15 years of my life. So I spent a lot of time in the hospital in the old days, they kept you for days and days and days my normal stay was at least one month. So that went on until I was 15, but the hardest part wasn't physical. It really was emotional when I began school and then so much teasing every day, every day from boys, a lot of rejection, a lot of cruel words. And what happens as you know, uh, Sasha, as we hear those lies throughout the day, <laughs> we begin to believe them as truth. Now I had a one have a wonderful mom. She's 
barely hanging in there. She's kind of in her last days, I'm afraid, but I'm happy she's going to be with Jesus soon. Uh, but I love my mom. She's an amazing woman. It was an incredible role model. Unfortunately, my dad was not as much of that. And um, he left us when I was in middle school. And that was not easy either. But mom remarried pretty quickly to a pretty wonderful guy. And my dad continued to be a very loving dad. I will say that. Uh, just not so good at the providing part. But So through that, um, I had a lot of positive words being spoken to me from my mom, which I'm not going to say was not helpful. It was. Yet, when we are bullied every day, <laughs> as much as we come home to mom, I feel like that gave me a lot of confidence as a person with women because mom's a woman, you know, but I didn't really get that affirmation from my dad. Uh, or not a little bit from my brothers. I have two older brothers, but primarily with guys, it was just ripped to shreds all the time. And then when I got into college, I had some sexual abuse issues go on and that kind of thing. And so it left me feeling very fearful of men and a lot of defense mechanisms up. A, a lot of, I would intimidate them. <laughs> so I became a Christian really in high school. I don't think I really understood it. Mom didn't really know how to communicate her faith. I, I more learned through friends and then youth group. But in college, fell away for a short time. And then my brother helped me get back on track and really started walking with the Lord. I joined Campus Crusade for Christ staff when I graduated, became a missionary they're now called crew. That's what that name crew is. Okay. It's, it's a new name they've had. And, um, you know, I had to work with men and guys, we were leading a movement. I'm on the opposite end of you, Sasha. I was in Hawaii. <laughs> we did get, we did get your tsunami waves sometimes came all the way down to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, so I was doing youth work, but again, I had this wall up to men where I was they respected me, right? But they didn't really feel the love of Christ for me. They, it, I just had that wall. But with women, my goodness, I was so loving and caring. And uh, the women's ministry boomed and really grew. Very large ministry in Hawaii. And, but after a period of time, like your testimony, I realized this isn't okay. You know, I don't know why. I honestly didn't know why. Like you, a lot of those really scary memories were suppressed. I love how you talk about it being like, can you say like a box, a little secure yeah. box that, the, that God kept it in? Yeah, I would agree with that. He knows when you can handle it. But I did know that this is something's not right. And even I did date guys, but I always, even in that, had an element of fear and protection. And so I did go for counseling with a friend of mine who happened to be a counselor. And, and that began the work. I think that was helpful. Started to surface things. But it was a combination, I'm sure, like you, of just God meeting with me. You know, partially counseling, but partially the Lord just bringing up things as I would spend time with him and through his word really challenging how I thought 
and I realized that I'm walking in a lot of lies. You know, I'm I'm sitting here saying, you know, I'm ugly, I'm rejectable, and unlovable to men, but women know they're okay with me. And God really confronted me in that uh, first through reading Psalm 139, 14, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm reading that and going, I don't believe that. But I got into that point in my relationship with God of realizing it's not okay to just say, well, I'm going to dismiss that particular verse that doesn't apply to me. You know, it all applies to us. It's all true. And we can't dismiss it. And we have to stand on it as God's truth. And to not stand on it as, God, as God's truth is to basically call God a liar. And I, I knew that wasn't okay. <laughs> and so I started to ask the Lord, you know, please, through your spirit, may I really walk in that truth that I really am fearfully and wonderfully made. And as I looked up what those passages mean in Hebrew, in the original language, I realized that fearfully means I'm made in the image of God. And God is beautiful. God is intelligent. God is loving, God is kind, God is good, God is all these beautiful characteristics, and what he's saying is, so, so are you, because you're made in my image, and not only that, but you're wonderfully made, which actually Hebrew means unique, I'm unique from anyone, and as Ephesians 2.10 talks about that God has created us, he's designed us for his master plan, his work. He has a plan for us that he will bring about, and he's equipped us in everything that we need to do that plan. So all these truths, Sasha, were really setting me free, and my attitude to men just took a radical change where all of a sudden I could love them to the point that I can't say I realized like, oh, I'm going to change. I just did, mm. and the, the guys in our ministry started coming up to me and say, wow, you're really different. I go, what? <laughs> I don't know, what do you mean I'm different? And they said, I don't know. You're like gentle and you're really approachable. I didn't know that I wasn't, you know? And I'm like, okay, thank you, I think. But I, I did begin to rejoice in seeing that God was doing a really awesome work in me and allowing me to not only love sisters, but love the brothers, right? And, and I also realized that you could call it a protective behavior. I was protecting myself, granted, but when we have a protective behavior, I realized it's actually sin. It's a sinful behavior because we're using our own uh, protective mechanisms, our own um, self to protect ourselves rather than relying on God. And, and that's what right Hebrew says, anything that's not of faith is sin, right? And I wasn't having faith that God would protect me in my relationships with men. I was trying to come up with my own ways of protecting and consequently not really loving my brothers in Christ's love. So bringing freedom into that made all the difference before I got married. And that's where I'm why I went into that, because being a mom, you know, shortly, not shortly, shortly after I got married, I got married a little late, I was 34, could not get pregnant right away. So my first 
baby boy. I was 37 and my girl is 39, but I had really awesome pregnancies, very healthy, no problem. I wanted to go on at 41, but my husband said no. So he gave me a dog. <laughs> and I love my dog. Yes. Dogs, I should say. I continued that tradition. So kind of have three kids, but <laughs> at any rate, I am so happy that the Lord did that work in me first. So to all our single sisters out there, I really encourage you to do the work so that you can receive God's healing and you can become healthy and whole so that as you move into your marriage and into motherhood, and, and maybe you won't, you know, maybe that's not God's calling for you, but if that is his calling for you, that you will be a healthy mom. And we can talk about that in a second. But but I also want to say, but it's beautiful to be a healthy single too. You know, so as he made me healthier, it impacted our men's movement. And suddenly our men's movement was growing. Now I had a, we had a men's director and he was awesome. But you know, it's like having, um, I buy, I love fruit. And I notice if you buy a bag of fruit, this just happened to me actually with plums and you leave that bad fruit, you don't notice, right? But they always put the bad one on the bottom and it begins to rot all the others. And it was almost like that because I wasn't healthy with the brothers. And I, I'm not saying I was like yelling at them or anything like that, but I wasn't using out the love of Jesus to them. You know, I was using out self-protective behaviors that was impacting our men's ministry. Then on the flip side, when God brought that healthy heart into me, where I wasn't protecting myself, where I was able to flood out and over into them, Christ's love, the men's ministry even began to grow. So whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're married with a child, you impact the people around you and having a healthy heart allows you to impact others to have a healthy heart as well. Yes. Amen. I love this. I just want to mention and point out a few things that you said before we move on. One of the things that I loved, like I'm huge on living from these faithful foundations and, and mastering our mindset too, because I believe that it's biblical. And one of the things that you touched on that is so relevant towards that is like, you're essentially saying like the, the Bible says a, B and C, but when you read it, you're like, yeah, but I believe X, Y, and Z. Like, I don't really believe. Right. right. And so I feel like, especially those of us who do come from backgrounds with, with trauma, whether it's abuse or abandonment or, um, whatever else, you know, you name it, we do have these beliefs, even things that are spoken to over us, to us, things that happen to us, whatever it may be, we can develop these truths and these beliefs in us. And then we go read scripture and we're like, yeah, but you know, maybe it's for her, or maybe it's for him, or maybe it's for them or, you know, and we can try to justify so easily how it's not applicable to us. Um, but it is. And so I think that's, that's huge that you pointed that out. And you had mentioned about as soon as you started to stand on 
these biblical truths for yeah. what they are for truth, then the truth sets you free. And, and yes. scripture even says that, and, and you had declared that, um, and you had said, you know, at one point you just, you kind of didn't even like know how it just did. Um, but that was going to be one of my questions that came up, like, how would you say, or advise, like, how do we go from even believing these lies? Like I have my own framework and whatever else that I help walk ladies through, but I would love to hear if you have any insight to that. How do we go from believing these lies to believing what scripture says about us? Yeah, I mean, the most common answer we get, but I'll add something to it, is in Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the transformation word is actually comes from the root, uh, the Greek metamorphosis. <laughs> so it's that's why we use the butterfly, right, to represent, because God really takes us from that icky, gooey worm into that beautiful butterfly by renewing our mind in Christ. And so it wasn't like I read Psalm 139, 14 and go, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll apply it to me. Okay. Thanks, God. I'm good. <laughs> I, I wish. But however, at the same time, making a choice, Sasha, to say, yes, I'm going to accept this Lord as truth from you. So that's the, that's the obedience part. That's the part that says, I don't feel it, but I'm going to trust you. And, you know, the Bible also talks about faith in the unseen, not the seen, right? So at that point, that was unseen to me, really. What I see is a scars, right, from my cleft palate. What I see is a nose that was created by a person and isn't exactly what I'd like or whatever, you know, you, you, you see these things, but faith in the unseen said that I'm created in the image of God, that I'm fearfully, wonderfully me, that I'm beautiful in God's sight, that I'm, that I'm honored, that I'm valued, that I'm loved, all these truths. And I'm going to choose as an act of my will to believe that. Then, Lord, as I continue to renew my mind, that meant writing it out on a piece of paper, sticking it on your mirror, putting it on your notebook, putting it on your cell phone. I think I did all of the above. And um, on my Bible, I put it there. But something you're seeing all the time, that was renewing my mind. I went into a one friend's bathroom once. Um, I had never been to her house. I went to her house, went into her bathroom. She literally had scriptures covering her entire bathroom wall. <laughs> and, and I'm like, hey, um, how did that happen? <laughs> you just decide to wallpaper one day. She said, oh, no, I do one a week and I'm adding it each week. So she had so many and then I review and I thought that was clever. But she was obviously renewing her mind. So a transformation happens. But I'll add to one thing that we add in our conferences. Our conferences are called Beauty for Ashes, but our ministry is called Crown of Beauty International. Uh, in our conference, we hold up these cards after we're giving these messages. Then I hold up a, you know, eight and a half by 11 card and it says um, painful event. So I said, when you find yourself stuck <laughs> or you're having trouble uh, getting out of depression or anxiety or 
feeling like you're a, a loser or unlovable or worthless or invisible or whatever that lie is about yourself or maybe about God that he's left me. He, I'm not good enough for him. He, he's, um, you know, let me down or whatever it is. So you think back, okay, what's the painful event going on? Next card. What are the painful emotions I'm feeling right now? And journal them. So journal all this, and then you can process it with a friend. So journal it out, you and God. And then after you get that down, then you ask yourself, what lies am I actually believing from these painful events and emotions? Are there things going on that are causing me to think, now maybe you don't feel like they're lies, but you kind of know from what the Bible says. Now, if, if you're new to the Bible, do this with a more mature Christian and they'll help you. And basically as a counselor, this is what I do. As they're telling their story, they're literally saying those lies. I mean, they'll literally be saying things like, yeah, so I mean, I felt like I was invisible. My parents were so engrossed in their job they never even saw me. I'm making my own food, but I never felt like I was good enough to be able to feed my little brother and sister, but I had to become the parent. They're literally saying the lies, you know, so it might help to process it with someone or maybe you're self-perceptive, you can hear it. So you're writing out these lies. And again, they don't feel like it. It's okay to say, um, all right, the lie is I'm invisible. And here's a, well, I'll get to that. Okay, then you look at the behaviors. That's the fourth card. What's the protective behaviors? Which remember, I, I pointed out the protective behaviors are actually sinful because you're, you're taking that your own hands instead of letting God lead you. But we can call them protective or sinful. So what behaviors are coming out of that? And some of those behaviors like mine, they weren't noticeably sinful. I wasn't being a jerk to the guys around me. I just was being ridiculously strong around them. It'd be like, so are you having your quiet time? How's that going? You know, have you been sharing your faith? Instead of how you doing, bro? You know, what you've been going through? Can I pray for you? You know, big difference. Um, so what are those behaviors that you're using? A lot of women I help in the Asian world uh, you know, they feel this drivenness to be perfect and they can't make any mistakes and they feel a lot of shame when they do. So those are some of the feelings. But the behavior is get straight A's in school, <laughs> be number one in everything they do. And there's this drivenness. So again, getting straight A's in and of itself is not bad. But what's driving that? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the result is bondage. Then the next step to go back to is to say, we're going to redo the cards. Was there a time in my life where I felt these feelings before? And 99% of the time there is, or about 95% of the time, there is a correlation to something. Well, yeah, I guess I did kind of feel invisible. It wasn't just when my husband ignores me, but my dad actually did that, you know, um, or in school, I was with all these brainy kids and they just ignored me because I wasn't in the brainy one in the class or whatever it is, right? But you can go back, think about what was it, when was it, what was going on at the time, 
Okay. And, and then what lies came out at that time. And it does help to recognize that because it'll help you go deeper into your heart, into the pain, into what went on. And God is gracious as your um, podcast makes very clear. Uh, many of your messages talk about how he won't just dump the mother load on you like, oh, this happened and you suddenly have flashbacks to all these horrible things in your life. No, he's really gentle. And I, I don't ask people, I mean, unless you're getting intensive therapy, like, like you did, like I have, that's different. Then you do go deep into it. Um, right. The Holy Spirit will bring back stuff. But if you're just doing this on your own, you know, or with a friend or processing your life, you don't have to go back to the fullness of that memory. You know, I can just go to the fact that, yeah, I know that a terrible thing happened with me to, in a guy, you know, with a guy. And this is what emotions came out of that. These are the lies that came out of that. Okay, then I want to replace that lie. So what does God's word say? Okay, what's the, what is this? Okay, here's, I wrote out, I'm invisible. What scriptures can I find that are opposites? That, does God see me as in, invisible? No. Okay, how do I know? What scriptures really show me that? And then I begin to write that down. Again, you might want to get help with that. Okay, uh, you know, somebody knows the word better. Um, and then you look at those behaviors and say, well, that wasn't, that's not really trusting God. Like I did, that's trusting self. So I repent. So that's what the behavior, we put the cards on top of it, the truth one on the lie, the repentance on the behavior. And then on the end, instead of bondage, now we're going to find freedom. Okay, so what's beautiful in that, to go back to my example, is as I did that, I could see what it went back to. And I began to replace that with truth. I repented of these self-protective behaviors the Lord showed me. And I went for a walk and I was walking my dog and I was praying and thanking God for what was true, what he said, even though, again, I didn't necessarily feel it. And literally I heard in my head, almost as if a voice, I remember where I was, everything. Um, Sue, you're beautiful to me. And I knew it was Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes he will even step in and just supernaturally comfort you or speak to you. Or, you know, if you feel unloved, I've had girls that I'm praying over them. They literally feel they're being hugged. They'll even ask me, did you see my clothes move? And I'm like, no, actually. But they're like, why? He was holding me, you know, and they're crying and, the, you know. So he's so wonderful in that way. His spirit can really comfort, as he says, he's a comforter and Jesus, or you might find yourself, you get a picture in your head of sitting in the lap of the father and him just comforting you, or he does beautiful things even beyond that scripture memory when we take that step of obedience. Yes, and amen. I love it. I actually... You just reminded me of this, but walked through a very similar exercise um, in a soul care workshop that I did yes. through, uh -huh. I think it was um, Women of Grace Seminary, something like that. Um, and so it was really, really cool. Um, but at the same time, it just, it walks in line with a lot of the things that um, 
a lot of the tools that I use regularly for my own life and, and get to walk in line with my clients as well. Um, in, in taking those lies and rewriting them with truth. And I think that's really, truly what it comes down to. I love that you pointed out that it's about obedience, even though I don't feel it, Lord, I trust you and I'm choosing to accept this and and just inviting the Holy spirit in like, help me to believe this because it is your truth and I want to believe it. Right. And so um, I just it love a process. everything that you've, you've had to share mm-hmm. about it, because I think that's so practical and it's so tangible. Um, and I really do believe that this is how we can, um, become healthier moms and, and not just past hurts or like, you know, that are so big that we would classify them as trauma, but even right. these little almost like these little white lies, right. Things that we might not yes. even recognize that we're believing, that aren't actually true. And they're not actually in line with scripture. And so I love that you pointed that out about Romans 12, and it is the renewing of your mind. And it is making sure what am I choosing to think and feel and believe? And is it in line with God's truth? Is it in line with taking those thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ and obedient to truth? And that can come up in so many different things It can come up in in our motherhood, in our relationship with Christ, in our own expectations for ourselves with homemaking and, you know, so, so many other things. I see it all the time. So I really appreciate you kind of walking us through this way that we can really renew our mind in Christ. Yeah. It's an ongoing process. That's, you know, in our conferences, Yes, we want somebody to leave having, we have small groups and having experienced that, but we really want them to see it as a way of processing any difficult emotion in our life. And so you think about like a mom, right? How we have to make a major shift when we give birth and we have a kid and maybe we had this job that was really important, or at least we were out there with adults and people, and you know, I'm super extroverted and suddenly you're just home with this baby who is just crying and pooping and, <laughs> you know, cute and we love our kid. I, I mean, I, I loved having a baby, but obviously I'm not getting to be around uh, people as much. I, I'm not doing as much ministry outside of my child in the beginning. So it's a big shift and that can be a hard time. You can start to struggle with, um, do I have any value? Do I have any worth? Um, you know, I'm bored out of my brain. Um, am I a terrible person? Um, I'm a failure. You can start struggling with that. I can't even get milk into my kid or I'm not enjoying being a mother. That can be a big one. Some moms have their baby and they just don't enjoy it. And it's terrifying. It's like, I'm such a failure. But again, we process it the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what does God say? Am I a failure? Um, you know, and, and you can definitely talk to others and get help with that. But Absolutely. begin to process it. And it does, motherhood, wow, it really brings up it's a refining fire. It brings up stuff, the coming from your past. It's, it's like a form of counseling. <laughs> it right. just digs down in there. And I remember asking a whole group of moms once, 
in a room, I said, how many of you feel like you're ang an angry mother? And about 80 to 90% of the mothers raised their hand. And then I, I said, how many of you before you were a mother felt you were an angry person? And only about 10% mm. lifted their hand. And it was very eye-opening to all of us were like, whoa, you know, so this is just what happens in being a mom and you're in, you're in community and you're going, okay, I'm normal, you know, right. but at the same time, uh, that those angry, what does that anger look like? How is that coming out? Is it coming out in a destructive way where we are um, over reacting to that child we're either hitting too hard or we're um, screaming at the child or we can't handle it we walk away and leave that child alone for too long or whatever it is or throw the child at a babysitter and don't want anything to do with it. there's things like that that we can respond and we can feel guilt we can feel shame that's something we need to work through but what is that coming from? And I think, again, taking the time to process that, which can be hard when you got a newborn. So bring your friend in, have them sit with you while you're breastfeeding and say, yeah, will you help me process this? Right. You know, or push them in a stroller. I mean, that was my famous one. You know, push them out there. They love it. And yeah. while you're getting to talk through with God first and then with a sister, you know, or somebody that can kind of help you process what you're going through. And rather than just, we tend to just take advice or give advice like, well, if you would just um, get your husband to give you that hour and then you can do your nails. Well, I mean, that's not bad advice. We do having those breaks is very important. I think that's a good thing to do. But that's not dealing with why you're erupting in rage with your child, for example. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that was in our, you know, when we were talking before that, I was saying the number one job of a mother is to be a model of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because their understanding of God initially is coming for the first 10 years is coming from mom and dad and depending what your husband's like it might only be mom you know and so it's super important that we get ourselves healthy get our walk strong in the lord so that we can model love peace joy patience kindness goodness self-control because then when I say to my child, oh, God loves you. But when my child is being too rambunctious, I'm screaming bloody murder at him and sending him their room for four hours, you know? And so what do they think now? Well, God's love is very harsh. <laughs> Yeah. When, when I make a mistake, God is so ticked off at me. I, I help so many women that that is their view of God, mm -hmm. is that, that they can't make a mistake or else. But sure enough, when I ask them how their parents were to them, it's usually just one of the parents, but who's super harsh and unforgiving, or they give them the silent treatment. 
right? Where I had a gal I discipled whose mother wouldn't talk to her for three weeks if she made a mistake. Three weeks silent treatment. So Mm -hmm. guess what she, how her walk with God was. She was so scared of making a mistake of not praying enough or not sharing her faith or not having her Bible reading. Because if she does, God's just going to be silent on me for three weeks. Or when she went through a desert time, as we all do, you know, a time where God does seem distant, it's like, oh, what did I do wrong? Yes. Right. So you really see how much, well, our own view actually of God and, and of a child's view of God is very parallel to how our parents were towards us and what they modeled. Yeah. So, so true and so relevant. And I think it, it really goes back to that, that whole exercise that we, we walked through is Bible says this, what am I actually believing, taking those thoughts captive and, and renewing our mind. And I agree with you. I think motherhood is very much part of our sanctification process for sure, because it brings up so many things, but it also makes us so heavily reliant on the Lord. I've said multiple times, I don't understand how people can parent without Jesus. Like, how do you mom without Jesus? I don't, I don't know. I've never done that. (laughs) Um, I get weak at times. Right. And then I'm like, ah, what's happening. But I love that you pointed out to how much it is us walking that out as an example to our kids. I think that's so completely relevant. And, and I think to kind of, um, to kind of wrap up what we're talking about today, I think one of the big points, one of the big takeaways I have written down here is to, to create space and do the work to process those lies, to process those emotions, to rewrite them with truth and, and, creating the space for yourself, but also the importance in having somebody do that with you, a friend, a mentor, a coach, a counselor, somebody who can be your ally to help you to help even recognize those lies and point them out to you. So I think that's so incredibly huge. Sue, do you have any, um, I guess, parting thoughts or takeaways that you would like to leave people with today? And then if you could share with us, where can the listeners find you if they wanted to connect with you more. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad I have a parting thought because I also want to say that we do mess up. We're not perfect. And, you know, we will act in ways we, we all joke, you know, my friends and I, how our kids are all going to need counseling someday or <laughs> you know, that kind right. of thing. I don't say it to my kids. So guys, when you have to go for counseling, you know, then I'll help you with the cost, <laughs> you know, but I just want to say that um, it's always important to ask forgiveness, to be humble with our kids and to say, hey, mom messed up and I'm really sorry. And I'm trying to work on this area of my life. You can pray for me too, depending on their age you know, will be how much liberty you give them to correct you, (laughs) so to speak. Um, And also, it's just so important that we love our kids and that we're there, that we're, people debate, you know, oh, you shouldn't be a friend. It's different. Well, I don't really agree. You know, my, my daughter and I are best friends and we've always been that way. And I'm super close to my son too. 
um, dad is my son's best friend and he'll say, you are too, mom, but you're a girl. <laughs> um, and, and they're older now, they're adults. And we've always had that relationship and that love just goes such a long way. So I just wanna say, give yourself grace. Sure, as you're working through things, um, know that, yeah, we're not gonna be perfect. We are gonna lose our temper. We are gonna um, run out and ignore our kids or whatever it is, but it's okay. God is um, just God's understanding, you know, be you be understanding of yourself too. Yeah, oh, so where you can find me. Yes, that was second question. Part two, okay, so uh, we have a wonderful website, Crown of Beauty International. Dot com and it's got all kinds of resources on there uh, links it has my testimony it has a video other videos we do a weekly devotion on there uh, I also have a podcast called his heartbeat or if you want to be for sure and get it his heartbeat with Sue Coral C-O-R-L only four letters um, but I, usually it comes up with just his heartbeat so we talk about all kinds of things, but related to walking in truth versus walking in the lies as related to parenting, related to singleness, relating to um, God, your relationship with God, uh, others, friends, um, evangelism, discipleship, all the whole thing. We talk about that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm definitely going to include those links in the show notes. So you guys will be able to very quickly and simply click and access her website and the podcast and all of that fun stuff. Um, I hope you guys and our Bible study. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to say about that Bible study. I love it. It's called crown of beauty. 12-week Bible study. We have it in seven languages wow. online. It just went up in Spanish and we have it in English, but if you want, um, you can email me. Um, you'll see it on our website, uh, a way to contact if you want uh, Bengali or Arabic or French, whatever uh, other Korean or Chinese. So we can, I'll just send that um, digitally to you. But that has been very transformational for people. And there's also a leader's guide if you want to lead it. The student book is completely inside the leader's guide, but then all kinds, all the answers are in the leader's guide if you want to start a group. So you can get that on Amazon. Awesome. Super helpful. We'll, we'll make sure you have access to all those links. I hope you guys had your, your notebooks and pens handy today because super wonderful information that we got here from Sue. Thank you again, Sue, for coming on to share with us. And thank you for all the listeners for tuning into another episode here. I hope you all have a wonderful week and God bless you all. What an episode. Thank you again, Sue, for coming on and just sharing all of the stuff with the listeners here. And while I still have you, I want to make sure that all of you are aware of the Uncomplicated Faith Workshop that we led over in the Intentional Abundance community this week. It's going to be available on replay for the next few days. And I just encourage you to go and listen in on that. It's just under an hour. And we bust through some of the 
not just thoughts of our own, but so many other things that can come and stand in between just having this deeply rooted, intimate relationship with our creator. And so I encourage you to go over there and plug in, listen to that replay and, um, just take away whatever God has from you for that. Ask those powerful questions that are given in that workshop and just allow Christ to just come into your heart and transform not just your faith, but also your mindsets towards God and who he is and who he is to you. All right. I'll see you in the community, sisters. Have a God-blessed week. Thank you.